the EH Leaders Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to connect, encourage, equip strong leaders to make an impact in the homes around them. Today's episode is a 10-minute conversation with uh, one of my favorite leaders. Uh, John, what's up, man? Not much, man. Glad to be on here. Thanks for uh, thanks for me to jump on. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm, I'm super excited uh, to have you. This may or may not be the second attempt at this, uh, but we're going to we're going to make a go at it. I'm going to start the clock, uh, put 10 minutes on the clock, and then I'm just going to pepper you with questions. Does that sound good? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Clock is started. Uh, John, where are you serving and what do you do? Yeah. So my name is John Kime. Uh, I am at Granger Community Church, which is in Granger, Indiana, northern Indiana, just outside of the South Bend area. Um, and my role here is pastor of kids and students. And so I get to oversee our kids' teams, our students' teams, young adult stuff. Uh, I lead our whole internship program, uh, and I get to serve on our leadership team for the church, which involves a whole lot of stuff, but I also get to do some of the preaching uh, on the weekend from time to time. So got my hands on a whole lot of stuff, and uh, I've actually been here for almost 17 years now, too. Wow, 17 years. You got some longevity there. That's awesome. Yeah. Before we get into ministry, tell me about your family. Yeah, family. So my wife, Angela, and I have been married almost 17 years. Uh, we actually got married and I started at the church two weeks later. Um, and so we've been married for 17 years almost. Uh, we actually met together here in youth group growing up. Um, and then we have three daughters. Lydia's 11, about ready to go into middle school this next year. Nora's nine. And then Audrey is five and a half. And that's awesome. So you got a uh, family, but you're also super busy, um, just like most leaders out there. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, few quick questions. Are you introvert or extrovert? Uh, I'm an introvert. Myers Briggs. I'm an ISTJ. Uh, I like being around people, but I need to get away from them to recharge. Yep. Very good. All right. Uh, now tough one. Enneagram number. Number one. Number one. All right. Enough about Enneagram. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite part of your role at church? Like what's, what's, what's the thing that just you love to do? Yeah. So, um, I love time with students. I mean, my, my, uh, so much of my time in ministry has been with students. So anytime I get to hang with students, I got a sixth grade small group this year. I'm, going, I'm leading the high school mission trip this year. So I love hanging with students, but specifically my role right now, I love the integration we're starting to see across different leaders and departments. And so one of those big things is some steps we're taking for families that we're integrating a lot of our kids, leaders, student leaders, men's, women's, we're, we're thinking about the family and some of this. So it's pretty fun seeing some of that and also having the longevity here. I mean, I've got, I've got people on my staff that I took the youth group and then I get to hire them after college. And so seeing some of that and some families longevity is really pretty fun. Man, that's, that's awesome. So on the flip side of that, what is one thing that is like your least favorite thing to do, but you do it to the best of your ability, maybe a growth area. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a growth area or a decline area. Cause I used to be like great at this stuff, but sometimes the just paperwork data, follow up, crossing some of the, you know, T's, dotting the I's, just systems, some of that stuff like that. I know it's necessary. It's valuable. It's actually what I kind of came out of college really great at um, and, and helped out a lot. But like, I don't know, I just, I love some of the people aspect of it. I love dreaming and kind of setting some things up. But sometimes some of those details, you got to grind it out. But I've got some great teammates around me who help with some of that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Most people that administratively, that's not your favorite thing to do. You tr you, you hire people uh, that, that can kind of help you in that so what what's the biggest receipt you ever lost i don't think i've ever really lost a receipt maybe um, maybe maybe a meal out type thing thirty dollars with a lead or something like that so i've never lost any big time ones so i'm there you go pretty detailed on all those at least still 
That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, mission trip uh, in Oklahoma or in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We bought all this food, spent probably like twenty five hundred bucks at okay. Sam's and all this stuff. And I didn't have a receipt coming home. That was not a fun one. That was, <laughs> that was a that was a tough one to try to explain my way out of. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So the purpose of Empowered Homes is we want to connect church and home. So what are you doing uh, intentionally? You mentioned a little bit. Uh, what are you doing intentionally to connect church and home? Yeah, so what started this was in the fall, we kind of launched an interdepartmental team on refreshing what our family strategy is. How are we thinking about families around here? And uh, I was asked to lead the charge on that uh, as part of the lead team. And, and so we brought in a kids leader, student leader, um, uh, the person who's kind of running point on our women's ministry and spiritual growth. And um, one of the guys who helps with a lot of men's ministry. And we just came together and we thought, okay, how do we get, um, how do we get upstream to think family first? We may still have a great kids program or a great women's event, but what is that doing for the family? Because because I think oftentimes I made the assumption that whatever happens in one of those events, one of those ways, it'll make its way to the, the family. You know, a middle schooler comes home from camp completely changed. Well, they go back to the same family and, and it yes, God can take a student lit up and, and change a whole family. But how can we think first about the family and how this is going to integrate? And so um, we've been thinking about that. How do we engage the family? So an example of this, we just came back from a high school winter retreat. And rather than just having a great retreat and right before thinking like, oh, we should tell families what we're doing or how do we help families get the details? Um, well before we had the content going out to parents so they knew what we're talking about, where we're going, when the sessions were even so they'd be praying. Um, the, the women's ministry leader actually rallied 40 different families to pray over the 40 hours of the retreat all weekend long. Um, and so these are families that don't even necessarily have kids on the retreat. So our church is behind it. Families were behind it. Um, and then there's a family devotional that we had for post-retreat. Um, so that uh, any of the students that were on the retreat, their families have this devotional that they can talk about this over the next week. And it's going to bring up what we talked about on the retreat. So it's a way for this topic, this thing to kind of be introduced into the family. And so this is something that um, we're kind of looking at all the different events that hit each aspect of the family. So kids, students, men, women, and yeah. this team together, seeing how do we together engage the family. So a lot of it's just intentionality and getting further upstream in the planning on these great events and, and experiences of how do we help the family experience this and grow together. I love that, man. And just hearing you talk about even just that one event with winter retreat, um, that added more layers to the event and more work on your part, right? Uh, yes and no, in some ways, because we've come together to team on this. Yeah. Um, the, the gal who leads the whole women's ministry, she loves print. She just, it was just a green light and she took off. She ran all that. I didn't think about that. Our student director didn't think about that, but she made that happen. And we just shared some of the stories. And one of the families, um, elementary age kids, they prayed and they included their kids in the prayer on Saturday night over the session. And they came to the 1130 service on Sunday morning, which is when the high schoolers got back on the buses pulling in for service together with the church family. And these little kids saw them and said, Mommy, do you think God heard our prayers? There's the high schoolers we were praying for. And now they're excited about when they grow up and get to go on retreats. So yeah. including the families in that is just and it feels like we're just starting to scratch the surface with this stuff. So we're, we're real tough. Yeah, yeah. No, that, and I, I, you know, I hear oftentimes the grumbling of like, man, I'd love to do more for our families. I'd love to, to do this, but it just adds more to my plate. I'm already busy, already swamped. But I, I think what you said of, of being intentional to do it, it, you do have to just get ahead. I don't think it adds much more to your plate. It just means you have, you can't be last minute. And so I think that's the, uh, intentionality that I love that, that you're, you're 
thinking further ahead, even so, even more so than you already were to tie things back into to the home. I mean, that's a that's a great point. We are at uh, two and a half minutes. So by quick, man. Um, So this is a fun question. What is the greatest advice you were given as a young ministry leader? You've been there for 17 years. What's the greatest advice you were given as a young leader that you kind of still use today? Yeah, I think uh, one of this came from our, uh, our our founding pastor uh, who just passed away this last year. Uh, he had taught many of us early on. There's areas of my life that God has called me to that nobody else can fulfill. Other people can do some things with these retreats. Other people can pull some stuff together. Other people can uh, meet with a student that's going through something. But nobody else can be Angelo's husband. Hmm. That's a role God's called me to. Nobody else is Lydia and Nora and Audrey's dad. And so my love and my ministry, you know, ministry, meeting the needs of others with the love of Jesus, my love and ministry to my family is my first ministry. Um, and so I can't go around being super youth pastor or family pastor or any of that type of stuff. If I'm not first living that out in my own home. And so the vision for that, and also the permission to do that as a pastor, um, and as a young leader, um, as Mark being, and still working on it, still growing on and going through all the phases as my kids get older, go to middle school. Like it's all new. It's all the journey in that. Um, but that's my first ministry is my family. And so recognize that and trying to continually do that. And then also give the other leaders that I'm leading now, the young leaders I'm influencing permission and the vision to do the same thing, um, is transformational for families. I think, man, that is huge. And honestly, that doesn't come easy. That's a cultural thing within your staff that that's been established. And, and for you to get blessed with that from your senior pastor early on, I just think of all the people that have worked for you over the years and that will work for you in the future will be blessed to know that that family does come first as we're leading other leaders. I think even volunteers, we've got to keep that in mind, too. That's absolutely a principle. I mean, people sometimes they they run from problems in their life and they think, well, I'm doing I'm doing ministry. I'm volunteering at the church. What could be wrong with this? And they sometimes will ignore the hard conversations in the home, yeah. a step to take with their child or a tough conversation with their spouse. Uh, and sometimes they, they run from that in ministry. And so helping even our volunteers, you're absolutely right. Helping them take those steps in their homes first. Yeah, that's a that's a great piece of advice. We got uh, 15 seconds. Uh, what's something you're looking forward to this year? Like what's just real quick. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where this uh, family team continues to go. Outside of the, the project we did for six months, we're continuing to meet every month just to stay in each other's headspace. So yeah. I'm excited to see what guys going to do with that as we learn and grow together. And also we're launching high school camp for the first time ever. We've never in 35 years as the church had that. So time's up, but high school camp's coming. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh, just, you know, looking forward to continue. And what I heard you say too, and I think it's so wise. And, and those of you maybe listening going, yeah, how do we do this? you got to get everybody in the room, um, you know, get, get your team members all together, get in the room. Hey, we want to connect church at home. We got to do it together. If you're the only one, if the student pastor is the only one doing it, it's only going to go that far. But if if all of us got in the same room, that that's breaking down those silos of, of being more strategic. And the cool part is, which I always challenge leaders, is like you you may get frustrated. It may be hard, but your families recognize it. They'll see it and they'll notice it right away. And it'll it'll benefit them. It's a it's a big deal. So, John, ten minutes, man. I went quick. Went quick, man. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the, the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Man.